And I'm going to uh, read from the, the Gospel of Luke. Uh, quite often um, uh, we read this during the, the Easter season or during Advent. Uh, but as I was watching some things on TV, on PBS this week, it kind of changed my thoughts about, you know, Christ the King. Not changed them, but just kind of reminded me uh, of what a challenge it is to, to follow Jesus and try to live that way of life. And so I'd like to read from the 23rd chapter here of Luke. Then the assembly rose as, as a body, and they brought Jesus before Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this man perverting our nation, forbidding us to pay taxes to the emperor, and saying that he himself is the Messiah, a king. And King Herod at the time is saying, I'm the king. And he has the authority and he has the power. And then he, Jesus, is a threat to his power and his kingship there. And then Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered, you say so. And this is the word of God for each and every one of us here today. Amen. <clears throat> now as we take some time just thinking about kings... Uh, what comes to mind when you think of that title, someone who is a king? What are the characteristics of a, a typical king? And you can broaden that to just someone who has uh, rules uh, a nation or is, is leading, a leader of a nation. And then what comes to mind when you think about Jesus and the type of kingship that he's presenting to us as well? So let's take a few moments just to pray and to reflect on that. Let us pray. Amen. So when we think about a king, someone who's in charge of a country, uh, what comes to your mind? How would you describe that? And then how is Jesus different when he says, uh, I, I will be a king, but my kingdom is not of this world? What, what's, what's different there? So what do you think about when you think about a king, a ruler, and then Jesus's reign here on earth? Any thoughts or ideas? It's a loaded question, by the way. <laughs> yeah, all wonderful ideas and everything. And um, this is Christ the King Sunday. And I call this meditation, what kind of person, what kind of person would do this? I could just have easily said, what kind of king would do this? And, and we could substitute, with the word king, we can substitute a monarch we could substitute a dictator. We could substitute a president. Any world leader, we could substitute for that, that title there. So Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered, you say so. Well, on, on Tuesday evening, um, I was watching PBS, and they aired a, a documentary. I don't, did anyone see it called 20 Days in Maripol? Anyone? Did you first saw it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 20 days in Maripol, and I'm sure they'll show it uh, again. But it was a Pulitzer Prize winning documentary by a Ukrainian video journalist named, and I won't say his name right, Mistoslav Chernov. And when Russia invaded Ukraine, a journalist, they all fled, and Chernov, he stayed behind. He knew what was happening was very important and the world needed to see this. So he stayed behind with his crew and he was asking who would document the truth 
of the Russian war on Ukraine. And he said, we need to record everything. We need to record everything. And Jennifer and I started watching this, and in one of the very first scenes, we saw an elderly woman who was mourning and wailing from the destruction of her home. And she was just wandering the streets aimlessly. And she lost everything, and she could not understand why it had happened. And Jennifer said, seeing this elderly person in their pain, she goes, what kind of person would do this to other people? And we watched as paramedics just rush civilian children, women, and men. It was just a constant flow of these paramedics rushing people to the hospital, all casualties of Russian bombings. And they were just rushing them into this hospital. There was very few supplies. And the cries of the people were haunting as we watched and heard their screams. And blood was just everywhere. And the video showed doctors and nurses frantically working to save lives. And then footage showed these same medical personnel mourning the loss of life surrounded by carnage. And Jennifer asked again, got getting more and more angry, what kind of leader would do this to other people? And our hearts especially sank when we saw a young couple probably in their early 20s and they were weeping hysterically while holding their deceased 18-month-old son. And you could see this. And even though we were apart from it, it just touched our hearts and broke them at the same time. <clears throat> and the mother wailed while she's holding her child. Couldn't you save our son? Couldn't you save our son? And I thought about changing the channel. Because it was even hard for us to watch see that suffering and that kind of pain. And Chernow said, we constantly heard and we felt and we smelled pain. And he and his crew risked their lives and, and continued filming because they knew the world needed to see the repercussions of the horrors of war on the most vulnerable people, on the most vulnerable population. In Chernobyl, he also documented a bombed maternity hospital. You might remember hearing about that in the news. And that was his footage. And it was, he had to risk his life just to get that footage transferred, to find a place where he could transfer that footage so everyone could see it. So he, bombed this matern uh, he filmed this bombed maternity hospital and also mass graves. It was just gut-wrenching. And after each devastating scene, Jennifer said, what kind of human being could do this to other human beings? And just continued to roll. And Chernov said, being there and seeing the city indiscriminately destroyed, and women and children and men being killed and their homes being destroyed, it was just devastating. And he said while they were filming, they often had to pause just to regroup so they even could continue filming what they were witnessing. And when footage of the bomb maternity hospital became public, and he did find a place where he could transfer the footage, Putin replied, it's fake news. It is fake news. Who could slaughter? Who could order the slaughter of innocence? And is there a different way to be a king a leader, a head of state.
in Shane, Shane Claiborne, in his book, uh, Jesus for President. He says King Herod, and there were several King Herods, and that's why it gets kind of confusing in the scripture stories. There, there are several King Herods, all part of this same family or the same clan. Well, King Herod the Great, he spilled blood over the land through slavery and slaughter and war. And feeling continually threatened by his son's insatiable appetite for wealth and power and their jealous pursuit of the throne, Herod killed his own children and even had one of them drowned in the royal pool. And King Herod, the patriarch, died just before Jesus was born around 4 BC. And his remaining three sons, they fought for the throne. Who is going to have power? Who is going to get it? And the Roman emperor divided the kingdom among Herod's sons. And basically a Jewish lives matter movement formed. And the Jewish people, they sent a delegation to protest. Declaring they had enough of the Herod clan. And Herod's son, I might mispronounce, Archelaus, he hunted down. When he found about this group protesting, he hunted them down. And he slaughtered all these Jews writes Claiborne. And Herod's other son, King Antipas, he left his wife and he married his brother's wife, Herodias. And John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, we'll read about this in a few weeks, he had a few choice things to say about this. He was disputing this relationship. And people started flocking to the desert to hear John's message of repentance. And they're looking for hope. Something that they can believe in. And they want this hope. They want to have a new mind, a new way uh, of living in the world. And Claiborne said, people went to the wilderness to get Rome out of themselves. To purge themselves of empire. And King Antipas felt threatened by John the Baptist, his popularity. And so what do you think he does? He's a king. And he had John beheaded. And they brought John the Baptist's head to him on a platter. And Claiborne writes, the message was unmistakable. If you mess with the king, you will find your head on a platter. And everything in Herod's world was about flaunting power and wealth and dominion. And crushing the enemies of the establishment. And if someone criticized or questioned the king, they would be destroyed. This is the way of kings. And this is where Jesus says, I will have a kingdom, but it will not be of this world. It will not be the way of the world. It's going to be very, very different. And as we recite this history, and as what is happening now, is this ancient history? Or is this today's news? Are we regurgitating things that happened when Jesus was born? Or is this today's news? And who do we pledge allegiance to? What kingdom do we subscribe to? Do we embrace the way of the Prince of Peace? Or the way of a typical king? And Jesus, we often forget because we, we romanticize Christmas. And I think there's a part for that. We romanticize it. But he was born in the middle of a, of a world ruled 
by violent, capricious kings. And Claiborne says, Jesus was a new kind of commander-in-chief. Richard Rohr writes, Jesus did not come to dominate or control or kill. He did not come to impose his will on people, but to show us a third way. We know the first two ways well, fight or flight. How do we find you either fight or you flee? And Walter Wink, in his book, Jesus and Nonviolence, he writes, there are three general responses to evil. Three general responses to violence. One is passivity. And Jesus, we often forget this, he abhors passivity. He abhors it. Just not doing anything. And just taking, he abhors that. And the second way we often respond, and probably the dominant way, is violent opposition. And he deplores that as well. I'm not asking you to be passive. And I'm not asking you to be violently oppose this evil. But the third way is the way of militant nonviolence articulated by Jesus. Turn the other cheek. Love your enemies. Forgive one another. And put your swords away. This is the way of this new kingdom, which is taking it hold right now. But it's slowly, slowly materializing. And to practice Christ the King's third way, Wink says, we must find a creative alternative to violence. We must refuse to submit or accept the inferior position. We must shame the oppressor into repentance. We must stand our ground. We must force the powers to be to make decisions which they are not prepared to make. And we must be willing to suffer rather than to retaliate. If we're going to practice this third way, if we're really going to follow Jesus, we must be willing to suffer rather than to retaliate. And we must be willing to undergo the penalty for breaking unjust laws. And Jesus says, follow me. Follow me. And the more I'm here, the more I realize what he's saying, and I hesitate. <laughs> I hesitate. Be willing to suffer rather than retaliate. Be willing to undergo the penalty for breaking unjust laws. And for those of us who went to uh, the southern border, be willing to stand in solidarity with those who are being oppressed. Be willing to stand with them. What kind of king and way of life do we pledge allegiance to today? And this is a really difficult question. And how are we going to live our lives? Because I know myself and most of us, we're comfortable. We're comfortable. But the people who are not comfortable are the oppressed. The people who are on the receiving end of all that carnage in the Ukraine the people on both sides of the conflict in the Middle East, those people who are trying to find a way to, to live life and are fleeing violence who are crossing the southern border. They're not comfortable, and they're willing to risk everything, including their lives and their children's life, to have a better way of life. What kind of king 
do we pledge allegiance to? And my prayer for myself and all of us that we may pledge allegiance to the cross rather than the sword. That we may pledge allegiance to the banner of love above any flag. That we may pledge allegiance to the refugee king from Nazareth and his third way. To Christ the King, may we pledge allegiance. Amen.